Welcome to the mother of all sports shows. And you're listening to Two Men on the Run. Well, not quite because Boris has just introduced a six-month lockdown. So if you're running anywhere, I hope you're charging towards Boris with your gun or sniper. (laughs) (laughs) Am I allowed to say that on on, on air? And you're listening from Washington, Boston, California, right across the states. We've got so many listeners. It's unreal. And back home in our beloved St. Helens. Yes, that place does exist. Yes, it once was a polluted town, but no more, my friends, no more. It has risen with the age. And it now sinks beneath every other stage across the United Kingdom. I think that's a nice introduction. <laughs> yeah. I think that'll do. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't tell no lies. <laughs> running, what have you been running this week, Matthew? Yeah, so um, I'm on week three of my uh, my new training block towards the uh, the Seville Marathon, hopefully. Seville, Seville. Whereabouts in Spain is that? Um, I don't know, to be fair. Oh. My geography of Spain isn't, isn't that good. Let's have a look on the map, eh? Um, <laughs> good thing. Um, but yeah, that's going to be in February, so uh, I'm hoping it'll go ahead. Um, so I'm training, training for that. Did what, up, to, up to 80 miles last week, back up to 80. Uh, this week will be up to 90. Ooh, uh, baby, you're cooking. Yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll hit the hit the hundred, and we'll just try and cruise at the hundred then for a, for a good four or five weeks. Mmm, interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Seville, you've no idea, no idea where that is. No, no, no. Like it's, it's fairly central. At least you know. It, at least you know it's in Spain. Yeah, I know it's in Spain. And you will get there. there. You'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> when how about yourself? What training you've been? Where, where, I'm interested in Seville. Yourself. Oranges, actually, because um, they have beautiful oranges in Seville. Um, where, when is this um, event taking place? February, okay. Valentine's okay. Day, actually, 14th. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Are you taking the lovely Jade with you? That's it, that's the plan. Hopefully she, she should be on half term, I think, as well by then. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll make a little bit of a, a week of it, I think, following the race. Wonderful, wonderful. If, uh, if the world uh, is back to some level of uh, So you, you tell me this morning, you know, I don't I don't listen to all the the hype, you know, the... I listen to a bit of music, classical music, just to chill me out, you know, I need that. And then as soon as the advertisements strike in with the mask-wearing ninjas, I pull back and find myself in this small corner, kept away from all the the worries of this world. But you're telling me this morning, sir, that Boris has introduced a six-month Curfew, that can't be right. You must be pulling my legs, sir. No, he's, he said um, he's going to do a, a six-month um, closure of all sort of pubs and bars. Uh, unless they serve food, they can stay open if they serve food, um, but in such a way that it's like a restaurant, uh, you know, like a proper meal. Oh, my word. Um, oh, my and word. And then there's also uh, gyms, leisure centres, um, 
stuff like that of all the oh, it's, it's got to be reviewed monthly mm. um, but it is uh, so he's extended this period I mean we've never heard this six months before have we we've heard weeks a week here a week there six months all of a sudden that sounds like a huge amount of time but the monthly review is that is that is he playing well they're always playing games aren't they what's going on there there's something not quite right I, I, I mean I just don't think he, he really has a clue what's what's going on anymore really um, and it, it's just being made up as he as he sort of goes along um, there must be more to it than that I mean I know these guys they have huge egos and they love being on the telly and uh, Mr Cock what do you call him Mr Cock isn't he the guy he's always on the telly Matt Hancock oh sorry Mr Hancock <laughs> do apologise <laughs> he loves being on the telly let's not forget this and every day he reads out or he was reading out the figures yeah yeah um, I mean surely he, he's not doing this just to be more on the telly that couldn't be the reason but then they do love it don't they I mean oh yeah I mean for me it's just you know it's just been blunder after blunder really um, you know we sort of we had the initial lockdown, and, and I suppose as, a, as the British people, we sort of went went with it and said, yeah, you know, this um, this makes sense, and we've got to protect, you know, our family and friends and things. And then, um, you know, we slowly relaxed out of that, and the cases were dropping, the death numbers were do- dropping, and things like that. And we thought, well, this is good, and everything's been put in place to, to stop it going back. And then, what what happened is all at one go, we went eat out to help out. Um, we said universities and schools, you can all go back as well, um, and uh, yeah, the, the numbers shot up again, and you know what a surprise, you know what I mean? Like you've just it, it, restaurants, pubs, gyms can do amazing work, and they have been doing to keep themselves, you know, as sort of secure and, and reduce the, the risk of any transference. And when you look at the graphs, it looks like what they've been doing has worked, but then as soon as you get the uh, the schools and the universities going back. I mean, you know, they, they've done, again, they've done everything they can to prevent uh, the spread of it. But you've got, you know, a class of 30 kids coming from all different households all together in one room. Um, it, you know, it's going to spread, isn't it? There's no way of controlling that. There's no way, there's no way of telling, um, you know, a four-year-old in primary school, you can't go and, you know, play with that other four-year-old over there sort of thing. You've got to stay two metres apart. And forgive me, like forgive me, sir, but surely the the... <laughs> This, you know, sounds crazy, but the quicker it spreads, the quicker we come through on the other side. Well, there is the, 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 the well, you know. that was the original, Boris's original plan, wasn't it? It was the herd immunisation sort of thing, was okay. we're not going to go into lockdown like other countries, we're just yeah. going herd to immuni- herd immunity, and then there was enough outcry against that, going, no, this is ridiculous, every other country's locking down, and so... Suddenly, Boris went. You know, mm. oh yeah, we're in a lockdown too. Oh, and dearie me, dearie so, me, dearie me. You can't. Uh, and yet, if if we'd have stuck with Boris's initial plan, perhaps we'd be okay. Possibly, possibly. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, lots well, of people would have died, and it, it well, was yeah. more at risk and things. Possibly, yeah. but, but they're dying anyway. Well, they are. Yeah, there's plenty of people dying, and I suppose um, you've got the fact that if you um, if you knew they were at high risk, then that's where they try and shield and and. Yeah, I think you'd probably have better shielding then because you'd realise the impact and you, you'd people would have to take account themselves for when you tell people to do something, they don't do it, do they? I mean, you know, you tell anybody forcefully 
they'll rebel if they've got anything about them they will oh yeah it is a tough one it's a tough one um you told me about they were preparing you know this period of time where they were preparing you know for the for the disease you know building hospitals how else could they have prepared in this period of time they used the word what what word would they use they were yeah the word that you used when we were running the other day. Uh, what, building the infrastructure? Infrastructure, yeah. yeah. What did you mean by that? What, what, what? I mean, that's the word they use. They use these words. Yeah. But And you're also taking that word and using it. But what does that actually mean? Well, I mean, building the, it's building the, the um, sort of the resources, the um, whatever it is you need sort of thing in place. I mean, if we were talking running, building your infrastructure and your training plan would be, you know, your, your base miles in the winter season, which build, you know, building that up gradually, doing some strength work, some stretching. So, you, you know, you're laying those foundations for a great, uh, you know, summer season and things like that when it comes around. Um, obviously, in, in, in this regard, what we're talking about um, and what they were talking about was making sure there was enough respirators, making sure there was enough beds, making sure there was enough, you know, a hospital space and things like that. Um, there was enough staff in hospitals that were working and stuff like that. And, you know, that was the whole thing when we went down into that original lockdown. Um, they were all about protecting the, the NHS, you know. Um, and so, for me, the whole point of that was to make sure that infrastructure was in place so that if we did end up in a position like we are now where the cases are, are, are you know, quickly, rapidly increasing again, um, you know, the infrastructure was there and it wasn't too much of a concern and life could sort of carry on as normal. Um, but obviously, you know, the infrastructure was there to make sure that those people that, that did um, come down with the virus could get the best possible care and they weren't sort of left uh, at home and things like that to die because there wasn't uh, anywhere for them to, to go. And you're saying that the, the infrastructure is not the... Well, uh, I can't see how it can be because we're, we're, we're in this position where we're being told we have to go into a tighter lockdown and things like that. And it, again, that's a regional lockdown as well. That's the, the, the uh, Merseyside area that's in this tighter lockdown and a couple mm. other areas. It's not across the whole country that, that uh, the oh. pubs and things like that are having to close. Oh, the six-month rule is just for the northwest. Uh, well, Merseyside at the moment. Right, I think okay. it's the only area in Merseyside. Manchester's on medium i think my word medium, so and we can sense. we could change categories we could change yeah. at it's a, any moment category it's any, now. any moment we could change i think it, well no i think it's a monthly review oh. sort of thing that it's been put on this monthly review oh. process thing right okay dearie me what a world we're living in i feel like i'd have enjoyed life better in the ussr <laughs> you know you don't know how lucky you are in the ussr in the ussr Great Beatles song there, people. I'm not sure if it was the Beatles. I think it was. I think other, there was another group who sang that song as well. So anyway, moving on to running, there's a question now, isn't there? What's the point? Some people are asking, what's the point? There's no races. We're back in lockdown. We keep training and preparing for something that never happens. <clears throat> it's been going on for nearly a year now. Why not just hang up, hang up the shoes and just... Um, play Monopoly. <laughs> but, um, I mean, when you say um, some people are saying it's pointless, I think uh, what you're referring to there, John Joe, is uh, yourself. Uh, <laughs> you know? um, I've heard, uh, I know I've teased you many times on these runs lately, but uh, 
yeah, you sort of uh, you think it's it's pointless at the moment. There's no races, and even when you you feel like there is a race, you feel like it's it, it's pointless to you because you're not going to be in that that first wave with the the real elite guys, and you don't see the point in it then. And and whereas I think I was saying to you and teasing you on on, on Sunday run um, regarding you know you've got to turn up. You never know. You you might get beaten this time round, but the idea is that you get beat. You get beaten at some point. You've worked hard enough, and you you're the guy who's beating everybody else. Yeah, no, I'm quite happy to get beat. I mean, but I don't know of any races in the local area. I mean, I was already get. Tatton Park was on Sunday. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. No, nobody tells me these things <laughs> until after the event. Yeah. Um, Tatton Park. How many? How many? How many runners? I don't know. It was um, it was the ten k and stuff like that. I know where uh, on Saturday on Sunday. I think Sunday, Sunday, sorry, so uh, Sunday just gone. Yeah, and I think, uh, Anthony Ellis from uh, Striders was there. I saw a photo okay, 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 and stuff yeah, yeah. like he had a run. And you've no idea how many people were in the event. No, uh, I don't know. But I know, but it's the run through. I know run through who who put on Tatton Park hmm. uh, race. They're putting on quite a few uh, other races at the moment. I think the. The one you were originally, um, I don't know whether you're still talking about it, your training group, uh, the Aintree uh, races. Um, you, there's, a, there's a 5K, a 10K, oh, no, there was, uh, there was one marathon and stuff was, like in November. And there was there was what, a, a, an Aintree 5K cancelled, I'm sure, a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure there was. Yeah, but there's one in November, I know. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of races being cancelled. You, you, you can put the fee down, the money, you may never get your money back. You know, this is 20, 30 pounds. For a race, and the race gets cancelled, there's no guarantee that you'll get your your money back. It's an investment, and it seems unwise until things are, are sure, until you you really know that this event is going to come off. For me, it's not about getting beat. I'm quite happy to get beat, or even happier to win, to be honest. Um, but these events, I mean, the Haydock Park. A relay. I was looking forward to that as a team event, and so much organisation went into it with the Wirral AC. And within a couple of days before the event, it was all called off, and you're left scratching your head, thinking, "Well, what's all that about?" I suppose you know. Yeah, you're right. You know, it is. It is an investment. It is. Um, you know, there are a lot of them being cancelled and things like that. Um, I mean, I think the the good organisers that the, you know are refunding. So from a, a risk perspective and, a, and on a price sort of thing, you know, you're going to get that money back from there. Who's a good um, organiser? Well, I, I think the likes of Run Through and Run Northwest and stuff like that. They're doing okay. um, their events. I'm fairly certain they're refunding people on that. Mm. Uh, the Wirral one uh, refunded minus yeah. the um, the admin I think fee which was two pound or something like that from from what I heard regarding okay. what our, the guys at our club were talking about yeah um, so you know there's there's a place to, to to get the money back and things like that but uh, yeah you've just sort of I think you've got to take those those risks and, and enter those races and and because part well, of, part of a race as well is is building up to it isn't it it's that sort of having that race in the calendar and knowing that you've got it that boosts your training because you've got then something that you are building that training for because I think there's there's a difference in training level I think if you're running for fitness if you're running just for the enjoyment of running and things that you don't need a race necessarily you because that isn't your goal your goal isn't to go and run a quick time or mm. uh, win a race or anything like that. You, your goal is to you know lose some weight stay fit mentally de-stress things like that um, 
but I think at the level both y- yourself and, and, and I are at, we, 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 you know, we are training with a goal in mind of trying to run certain times or run um, against certain certain other people and things like that and beat them and, and race in these, you know, and get these positions and stuff like that in races. And I think with that, you, you sort of need a race to to keep that motivation of when it is, you know, especially now we're heading into the winter and it's cold and it's it's throwing it down and miserable. Um, I'm looking out at the, the nice sunshine at the moment, but um, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you've got a ten miler planned on, on on the books and stuff like that, and it's the heavens are open, sort of thing. You, you without a race there, you sort of think, well, you know, what's what's the point? What's the point? I might as well stay here, nicely wrapped up, warm in bed, and you know, where mm-hmm. you know, do, just I'll go out another day when it looks nicer or something like that. And that's that's a slippery slippery slope then. Uh, pa- perhaps on reflection though just going out and just catching the breeze uh, running without times and targets and clocks and just whew. that's what even some of those books that you've given me some of those top athletes that was the, the joy for them was, was actually just going out there and running you know just enjoying running Oh yeah, and I think that is. I think, and I think you you, you do have to just enjoy running. It, it has to be something that you uh, you do and you do just enjoy in that freedom. And, and you know, both of us still do it for um, you know as well as obviously the racing side, but for the mental de-stress, for the physical uh, fitness side, things like that as well. They're, they're still sort of factors, but maybe more marginalised factors in our in our own minds. Um, being fit for for being fit's sake, you know, for being fit and healthy and running and that's a great thing isn't it oh yeah of course it is and you know you've you've sort of got um and like you say that those those characters in in the in the books and things obviously those characters that were real people and are real people still um you know were uh you know they did just go out and run sometimes just for the, the, the enjoyment of running um and i think that's but at the same time you know that that happens That'll happen ever so often in your own running, but I think the the, the key of having a race when you're you are a racer is um, is that keeps that motivation going all the way through. You know, you, you never have a, a down cycle in it. Um, for example, when Wrexham was was cancelled for myself, um, I I joined yourself and, and Jade having a, a rest week um, because there was no there was no Wrexham marathon anymore, and I didn't have a, a race on the cards. And I thought, well, I need to sit back and reflect build a new train pick a new race build a new training block out and get back to it with the motivation then because i know then I'm, I'm training specifically for something and you know i'm going out on those runs and just enjoying those runs but you know when it is when it is getting tough either in the middle of the run or you wake up in the morning and the weather's horrible and stuff there's there's that little bit of you know what's the reason you're doing this well the reason is is, is that race down the line there and you know maybe that race won't go ahead and maybe it will get cancelled but um you know, up until it does get cancelled, it's it's there in your mind that that's something you're training for, and that's what all the the hard work and the graft you're putting in is is for. Mm, interesting, interesting. I recall Andy Burfoot. Oh yeah, Andy Burfoot. Yeah, Burfoot. And he won the '68 Boston Marathon before the boom. Yep. And he wasn't really congratulated, even by his the, the immediate peers. Cool, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't even consider that. Um, it wasn't in the thinking, you know. But 
a few years later, it was a, a major, major thing in the 70s, I think. Became very popular. But in later life, because Andy's a good age now, um, in his very small book that we that I read recently, um, I think he had, I'm not sure if I'm right in saying he had cancer or something. He, he overcame certain illnesses and whatnot. And he was running the Boston Marathon. And um, a very different feeling, you know, certainly not competing with anybody. Um, I think he came across Oprah. I think Oprah, he sort of supported her in, in this particular, that was about 12 years ago, this this uh, Boston Marathon. But I think his words were he, he was enjoying it more then or more now, you know, without the competitive side than he did when he was competing and winning, which is quite interesting, is it? How on earth, you'd, you'd imagine, could you enjoy it more at the back of the pack than than in, in you know, than winning it, actually winning it and being, and it was a different, I don't know, it was a different Andy. Things change, don't they? We get older yeah, and uh, I think perhaps you realise that <clears throat> Winning isn't everything. Actually, it's it's um, there's something much much greater than um, than boosting our own egos. There's a, yeah, con- I, a contentedness in. I think it's, it comes down to the enjoyment of it. It's um, I think you know you've got to you've got to enjoy it at all levels, no matter where you are in running. You, to to get anything out of it, you've got to enjoy that. Um, and sometimes, yeah, when you you are so serious on the competitive side of things, you can lose that enjoyment. Um, Jade's a, a perfect example of that at the moment. She's she's really fallen out of of love with running at the moment um, because she was she was she trained all summer um, through everything for for this you know to try and hope to get a competitive race over fifteen hundred meters, get a time that would you know hopefully secure a potential um, Paralympic vest next year. Um, and she and she missed it by um, 0.9 of a second, and with that, it was you know even though it was a, a seven second PB, uh, in her mind she was she was devastated by it, mm. and really beat herself up, and really really you know really made herself sort of fall out of love with running because she she missed it by such a small margin, and you know there was a million things that affected that from the fact that really realistically. She should have had that race three weeks earlier, but obviously we didn't have tracks back to race then. Um, but that was when she was really peaking, and you know, getting the timing right when we didn't know when races were going to come was a was a difficult thing and stuff. But um, you know, and I've I've told her I've said, look, take some time off, which she's done. And this week now, I've said, look, go back to your roots, go back to um, over at Vicky Park, because the the, the, the uh, Victoria Park Socialites running group. Um, I've said, go back to running with them. That's who you used to run with. Go, you know, go back to how you used to do things a little bit, and just find that that happiness and that love of running again, sort of thing. Before you start to think and try and plan a, a crazy sort of training uh, schedule to build up towards something um, down the line and things like that. Just get yourself, you know, in a place where you feel happy and you enjoy going out for a run. Um, which is always hard again when the when the the, the darker nights set in and things like that. Um, and you're coming home in the dark and going out to work in the dark and you know that that that's a bit of motivation there can sometimes lapse and things like that. Um, but it, 
you just it's all about happiness really I always think and I think and that comes back to that that finding that balance that we've talked about before um, I think if you can you know find um, sort of that meaning in your running and that happiness in your running then you, you'll, you'll keep motivated and you'll keep going out no matter what the weather conditions and things like that are um, but you've got to have that there Ken Dodd um, did a song called Happiness and I've got one of his tickling sticks there Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, this fifteen hundred meters for Jade. Now I do have one of his tickling sticks. You know that, don't yeah, you? Oh yeah, no, yeah, you told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for the listener, um, I'm sure you're you're well aware of the successes of the legendary Ken Dodd from Naughty Ash, just down the road there. Um, there's no more opportunities for, for 1500 meters in regards to Jade she cannot do this again before the, there's, the no there's I mean they've extended the track season so that, that she could if she'd have wanted to there was a couple more chances to do it but she'd become that sort of um, you know that, that she'd fallen that much out of love with it she was hated doing it and that was affecting her races she was, she was going to do she did another race after a, a, a 500.9 um, and ran 501 which again was a consistent and good run um, so just this one, this one second <clears throat> yes looking one, for one second, second behind it then and, and, that, um, and that's consistency that's a you know a, a performer really uh, usually would look at that and be really you know happy that they're, they're running consistent times week after week you know yeah of course you want to go faster you're always chasing a faster time it's the, it's the, the perils of, of running really but um, to be consistent is is a really great place to be because from consistency you can build further and then that's where your times then drop when you've built on top of that consistency. So you know she did that twice, both seven second PBs on a pre on the previous year's worth of running, which is a big chunk over fifteen hundred meters. Um, and but she was you know really gutted and sort of devastated and really made it really made herself hate running because she missed she was missing that that's that time that she wanted by a second and um and so in the end she she drew a close to her season and decided she was gonna go have a have her end of season break and start a winter training but she was she'd fallen out of love that much with it that when it came to start a winter training she didn't want to go out running and every time she did she'd come back feeling horrible and miserable and not enjoying it and thinking she was really unfit and and and, and by starting the winter training that meant does it? Does that? Does that? <laughs> I got a frog stuck in my throat. <laughs> <clears throat> does that mean the Paralympics are completely off? No, no, because they're the next September, so she's got a whole year, you know, to go. I mean, it would always be starting your winter training now, because um, you'd have to show form next summer anyway that you were in that she was still in that sort of shape, even if she'd have run the time she wanted to run. So oh. um, it was oh. just a, she wanted to get it on, on the cards this year, so that next year she could build on that further and go faster. Um, but I think I think where she ended the season was a great place. It was a big PB. It was roundabout where we wanted, to, you know, where she wanted to be and where we wanted her to be. Um, yeah, of course, it would be nice to have gone a bit faster, but that's always going to be the case. Um, you know, and I think she sh- she should really just sort of accept where she was, accept that it was a big PB. It was another stepping stone in that sort of that journey to things. And you know, at the end of the day, she's still she's still young in relative terms. Um, yeah, there's a Paralympics next year, but there's a Paralympics in 2024 as well, um, and there's world champs and European champs all in between. So there's plenty of opportunities for her. Um, I think she's just got to 
find that enjoyment though and, and not take it too too seriously I think I think sometimes people uh, you know do take it too seriously and I think I think yourself I know I've done it in the past I think now I found we've talked about it I think I found a place where I do feel it balanced where I generally 99.9% of the time do enjoy going out and just and just running and, and, and those times I don't I usually will say to myself you know there's no point in going for that run today because you're not you're not enjoying it just you know have a day off relax you know, and, and let yourself want want the run again rather than forcing it upon yourself. And I think sometimes you you probably make that mistake of still trying to force yourself into into something that you you maybe not uh, not necessarily you know really you know up for and things like that. Eat your popcorn, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested in Jada. This category. Yeah. How does it work? Come on, tell me about this. Okay, so yeah, so with the Paralympics uh, and para-athletics, sort of you, there's different classifications depending on what the disability is, um, and then within those classifications, there's various branches and, and, and classifications within them. So uh, Jade, Jade's visually impaired, um, so her category is obviously visually impaired, blind runners, um, and within that there's a T13, which is the the which is what Jade is, and that's sort of the they've got the most. Uh, vision of the, of the of that classification. Does it start at T thirteen? Starts at T thirteen. So they've got the they've still got the the, the better vision of, of those that are classed within that. Um, then and they can't have a guide runner or anything. They have to run on their own. Um, then there's T twelve, which is what David is. Uh, yeah, is yeah, a, yeah. a T twelve <clears throat> yeah. um, So they can choose at that point to have a guide runner or not, depending on within that classification there's various levels of, of, of vision um, and sight loss so some may may require more a, a, you know a, a guide runner some may feel um, a guide runner is actually what do you mean uh, by a guide runner so someone who runs uh, with them usually they have a like a band um, attaching them together or uh, they hold uh, the wrist uh, the, the, the visually impaired athlete will hold the wrist well I saw I saw runner. I saw David in the final there was no no guide no, 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 with, uh, with anybody no David doesn't, uh, he doesn't yeah. uh, run with a guide but um, he, he, he has the option in, in a T12 category does to, he really to, yeah. to, yeah. To, but they can be just as much a hindrance as um, and as, could, an, as an aid to be mm-hmm. fair depending on how, how your visual like Jade if, for example if she had someone running by her side because she only has a peripheral vision someone at the side of her would take up that peripheral vision mm. and that would be quite off-putting she would lose one side of a of a sight because there would be someone blocking it by being running alongside her and mm. um, i know when i run with her i have to run just a tad behind so that i don't i don't block her vision mm. um so and then where does it go from t12 so then it drops to t11 so t11 they they they're sort of more or less blind completely at that point. There's no real vision or anything left in well, Why those three? Yeah. Why T13, 12 and 11? Where, where do they get those n- numbers? Why not T1, 2 and 3? What, what? Uh, I don't Is know. Just, I don't know where okay. they make the classifications, yeah. but they, there's various other numbers and things like that. Um, mm. And then you've got you've got F13, F12 and F11, which are field events. So T stands for track, F stands for field. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's that. that's where that comes in. Yeah. Um, I think the numbers are just where they've classified the, the different level of disabilities. They've, they've given it a number as its classification. Because um, obviously you have um, this very T20, for example, is a um, mental cognitive um, disability. Um, so, um, you know, sort of slow brain processing, things like that. Um, What's that, sorry, T? A T20. 
Um, mm. So that, that just has that one classification that there's, there's no others on there. Mm. Um, all, all of those are, are ambulant. Um, you then have, um, I think the classification is is W is, is, is WC, which is wheelchair, um, and then RR, which is um, race runners. So they they tend to they tend to be sort of um, those with uh, cerebral palsy and things like that. Um, so the 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 standing and things like that movement isn't as um, as functional, um, but they can still sort of. They obviously they, they can move on their limbs and things like that so they use um like uh it's like a sort of like a bike but it's uh, but without sitting on it you you stand behind it in the frame and run with it I can't remember the actual name of it now um but they they, they use that sort of technology and obviously you've got your wheelchair athletes as well um and and within in Jade's category whereabouts would she be uh so in the UK she's she's in the distance event she's number one. Um, in the world, um, she finished. Uh, she was ranked sixth last year in the world mm. um, for her classification. Uh, they then they, what they tend to do is they roll the T13s and the T12s in together uh, when it comes to a championships. Mm. Um, so um, in that, she I think she was tenth when you rolled them all together. Mm. Um, but she was sixth T13 athlete um, mm. with her time uh, and would be slightly further ahead this year um, but obviously the rankings from this year there's, there's very little races been going on all around the world so mm. they're, they're not a complete ranking list um, and, and what happens when you know she's ranked number one surely they would send her but not necessarily no so the way um, so there's a the way the you can qualify for the Paralympics is one you have to have um, so the Paralympics is a slightly different qualification than sort of European para championships or world para championships for those, what you need is um, the minimum mental standard, uh, which is a qualifying time, um, which as long as you're under that, you 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 got the qualification for it. Um, and then you also need to be nationally classified. So you go to an appointment um, and um, medical professionals check, um, do some tests on you and things like that to, to check you your um, disability. One is, is, is actually real. It's not being fake. You've not... You know, a doctor hasn't signed something off, and you know, trying to break through and, and pretend that you're disabled to compete in the Paris and things like that. Um, and two, then to see what level of disability that is. So Jade could, um, if her vision gets any worse, she could become a T12 um, athlete. It, her classification could change to T12. It gets renewed every every year, every two years or so. Um, she has to go back and have this appointment. Um, and then for the Paralympics, you have to have an international classification. And so to get that, it's the same procedure. You have to go see a medical uh, team, um, but you have to go and see a medical team um, that are part of the uh, para um, Paralympic sort of um, body and um, at one of the para um, events, uh, the Grand Prix and stuff like that. So you have to go and compete and um, get this um, check and everything like that done there. Uh, so it's quite limited. There's limited positions and limited num- uh, places on those things. So you've got to be... For, for Great Britain, um, you've got to be right up there in the rankings and positions, and they really will only take those that are medal contenders. Um, they only want to sort of because there's, um, because there's such limited numbers and things like that they they will only take sort of medal contenders, which is why Jade is chasing this time now. The minimum entry standard is only five thirty five um, for fifteen hundred meters, um, and her time is five dead point nine. Um, so you know. She's well under the minimum entry standard, but to get a medal, she's got to be more 
towards the sort of the 450 sort of point, which is another sort of 10 seconds or so um, she's got to build towards. Um, and that would put her probably in a, a bronze medal sort of position, um, which would then put her in contention for selection from, from Great Britain. Now, other countries don't have that same sort of level of selection. They will take people who have the minimum entry standard, um, but not necessarily in a medal position. That's a that's a standard British athletics, uh, British power athletics have taken, um, which you know I can understand at the same time. Feel very frustrated by because I think you know um, there would be great opportunity for Jade where she is now to go to one of these championships. She'd be in the race. She might not get a medal. She might finish fourth or something like that. Mm. Um, but to get that experience of competing at that level, at that sort of level, um, to then go forward. So the Brit, the Brit, years. the Brits only want you if you can, if you can guarantee to finish in the first three. Yeah, basically, pretty much. Yeah, and and what what whether you can guarantee yourself in the first three? What what do you get? What do they do? They just pay for your flights. They put you up. Yeah, they'll they put, yeah they'll take you, you you know various training camps, um, things like that. The flights, uh, accommodation when you go there. Well, you know if it's the Paralympics, they, there's the athlete village and things like that. Um, do they support you? You know, yeah, you can get funding. So David's on, um, he's on podium funding. Um, what does so he that? Gets funding. What he does gets, that mean? Um, so he gets sort of his um, sports massages, physiotherapy, everything that sort of covered and things like that. What does the what does the word podium come in into it? Sorry, yeah, uh, that's the what British athletics. Have, they've got two different types of funding. So they've got podium funding, which is that you are a medal contender, uh, contender, um, oh. and then they have um, something like future. Uh, future funding or something like that that's called where you you know you, you potential you, you probably yeah potential uh, where you're younger you, usually they're younger um, they're not always the case but some usually they're sort of mm. on the younger side um, and they can see that they're, you know they're progressing well and they obviously have the potential down the line to become a medal contender but at the moment you know they're probably not so that they're, they're, they're in that potential mm. what they get is usually just like physio and, and things like what that what do they call that sorry that's oh. um, I think it's like uh, I think it's like future funding or potential for I can't remember what the so exact po- name of that one but podium is the podium funding the you, you don't really need to work is that you, you or um, I think you probably do still need yeah. to work a bit it depends yeah. how much um, I don't know the, the actual the monetary value that you get given as well mm-hmm. um, and some some athletes uh, will um, they'll be on podium funding but they won't actually get any money from it they'll just get their medical um, stuff so physio and, and massages yeah. and yeah, camps yeah, yeah. and stuff so like Mo Farah is um, on podium funding oh, yeah. now he doesn't get any money from that because he has um, he's a you, you can only earn so much within British athletics to get the funding so mm. Mo Farah earns enough from his racing and stuff like that yeah. he doesn't get that funding yeah. but he does get the medical expenses everything like that uh, travel costs and stuff all that paid for and things mm. um, as part of his podium funding um, but he doesn't get like you know a check of cash that you know, we call every quarter or something like that. It's like a, a wage slip sort of thing, um, because he's got his his, his contracts with Nike and um, I I say Nike 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 key after yeah. the Greek goddess of victory. Uh, yeah. Of what? Sorry, victory and speed. Oh yeah, there you go. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nike. They pronounce it wrong over here, don't they? Yeah, we do. Yeah, it's yeah. Named after, yeah. The uh, death, so. And and was it Bowman? Bowman, he... Bill uh, Bowman and Phil Knight. Um, 
Yeah, founders of. Sorry, you, if you finish your story on the Paralympics. Yeah, I think so. I think okay. you've know, you got any other questions on it or anything? Podium funding, yeah, 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 yeah. So Jade would like podium funding. If she could uh, become uh, a contender, she would get that. Potentially, yeah. And yeah. that's the 450 mark, so she's 10 seconds off. Yeah, around there, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Well, I think she she just like she just wants to represent Great Britain. Really, she just wants to get that that vest. It's uh, you know, so uh, mm. that's what she's after. That's what she's chasing. Is is to to represent. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. I hope she. Um, I hope she comes back out of retirement. Me too. Me yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so Nike. That's an interesting word, isn't it? The Brits like to call it Nike, and the Nike Americans, it's it's an actual word for Greek goddess. It's a Greek goddess. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's uh, that's her name. Yeah. And Bauman, what was his first name? Bill. Bill Bauman. Yeah, he was the man who who came up with that name. Is that right? Yeah. Um, for for that for that yeah yeah yeah, and he was making trainers in a small laboratory is that right yeah in, so he, he used in, to when he was um, the head coach at the University of Oregon he used to make his athletes trainers um, one because it was um, it kept the cost down for his athletes and things but two um, because it allowed him he was he was a scientist at heart and it allowed him to see the weight of the shoes that the athletes were carrying and that little bit of weight reduction in weight and things like that you know marginal have a marginal effect on, on the times Um so he was doing that, and then um, his one of his former athletes, Phil Knight, uh, she'd gone through business school and graduate school and things like that, um, came to him with a, an offer of he wanted to start a business, a, a running shoe business. Um, at the time, it was called Blue Ribbon Sports. Um, oh, that was the name they had for it. Isn't that um, a chocolate bar? Uh, it was, it was. I think they, they it is. Blue, I, I think they stopped making Blue Ribbons. Really? I think so. Oh, I could I'm be sure, wrong. I'm sure I had one a couple of years ago. When did they stop making blue ribbons? Cho- chocolate bars, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe not. But um, mm. um, but yeah, so Phil Knight asked Alex Bauman to sort of invest in, in this and things like that. Um, and so Bauman became a co-founder alongside um, Phil Knight. And yeah, Bauman would work, after he retired as, as the coach at the University of Oregon, he would work... Um, in his laboratory designing sort of prototype shoes and things like that still um, which then Phil Knight would um, if you like them and things that would then ship off to the uh, manufacturing plants in, in Asia that they had um, which actually were the same ones um, the ASICs um, which wasn't called ASICs at the time um, but they were, they were using as well um, what was that they'd all be made at the same they'd all be made um, what was that called? Um, it was Tiger um, after the beer Something tiger. I can't remember. There's a, a bit before, like a Japanese uh, phrase before, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or Japan. Um, and they'd yeah, they'd sort of make. They were making the shoes that was mass producing the shoes there and building them off some of Bauman's designs. Um, I think Bauman and, and Phil Knight eventually had a bit of a falling out, if I remember correctly, from his book. But you can uh, you can tell me when you, you when you're on to reading that one if I'm correct on that. I've got to read um, all this stuff about yogis and stuff. Oh, it's bo- it's boring me to boring me to death. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that that running with the buffaloes is is one you've got to read. I know um, I had a message actually yesterday from uh, from Dean um, Dean Thackeray. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's nice guy. Me, he's nice guy. Dean. Listening to the listening to the podcast and uh, really, yeah, so that's if, nice. If, you, if you're listening, Dean, uh, shout out there. But uh, he was asking me uh, what books. Um, she's heard us talk about a couple of different books and things like that. He's he very, very tall. Very, very tall. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, very tall. Um, Make a great basketballer. Uh, what other books and things? Like that? And I, I mean, I've, I've yet to read. I haven't read Running with the Buffaloes yet. Um, but it's it's meant to be one of these. You know, if you're a, a good sort of you know club runner and things like that and stuff, one of these books that you you should really read. It's a it's a real you sort of you haven't to. you haven't I haven't read, read that. One. No, no, I, I bought it. <laughs> I bought it. I was reading Ron Hill, um, Ron Hill's biography at the time, and I thought mm. um, because it's 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 following them through a cross country season. Mm. Um, it's an American cross country season, so it's 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 a bit different to the UK one. But um, I thought for you being a a team player and being a fan of cross country, it would be a, a nice book for you to, to sort of read and get you sort of fired up and things like that. On, on once, once I've read the the yogi autobiography, the meditations by um, Marcus Aurelius and the Gulag Ach Pelia Sholenitsein, I think that's the one. Yeah, um, if I can get through them, running with buffaloes is most certainly. Great idea for you people. Always, always have something, you know. Always be reading. Always be making some kind of progress with a book. I think that's that's my advice to you. If you want to have something to say, if you want to have a deeper meaning, then uh, I think one thing that all the greats, oh, the great successful people, a lot of them, you you will find this much more than myself. There, there will be prolific readers. They'll be reading, you know, a couple of books a week. You know, I don't do that. Um, I, tell you what, I don't know how you would do that. I don't yeah, know how. Yeah, hasn't helped me, Mum, at all. Uh, but you, the problem <laughs> she with doesn't your, listen to this. The problem with your mother. <laughs> the problem. <laughs> I hope you're listening. The problem with your mother, Susie, Susie <laughs> is she's reading about Harry Potter, and he he's a, he, he doesn't really exist. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of our stuff these days is these um, <laughs> these thingy vampire ones and all that. Oh well, that's all the rubbish you read now. That's uh, that's genuine stuff. That's uh, <laughs> that'll really help you to get to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> now, seriously, listen. Have you heard of um, Buffet Buffett? Um, oh, what's his name? Buffett something Buffett. He's um, He's made vast amounts of money, you know. And that doesn't mean you're a success, by the way. Not for my money. <laughs> doesn't make you a success. But he's got the 525 rule, which is an interesting one. And it's connected to running, don't worry. The 525, have you heard of it? No. Okay, people, you're listening. Make a list of 25 things that you're interested in, you're really passionate about, you're really interested in, okay? That you want to do, you might want to learn a language. You might want to learn 10 languages, you know. Make a list. 25. It's very easy to do that, isn't it? You know, all the things that you want to do and, you know, you want to travel the world. I don't know. You want to learn a musical instrument, whatever. Make a list. 25. Okay, now I want you to put them in order. Okay. Put them in order. And now what's next? Have Have a think. What's the 525 rule? What's next? Have a guess, Matthew. He's thinking... Okay, now I'm going to get you to focus on the top five of the list. Discount everything else. It's all about focus, you see. 
and you'll find with successful people, not me, because I'm, no, I'm a, I'm a crackerjack, but that you find with successful people, they focus. I'd say my brother's like that, really, as, as wacko as he is as well, you know, but you, they focus on a particular thing, you know. So in your list, I'm sure Matthew would be running, you know, and might as well. Um, and for me, it'd be music um, and, and reading, actually, and, and maybe travel, but these five, you'd focus... And what happen, people? What they mistake people make? They then move. They jump. They don't make the list, and then they, you know. But in life, you jump from let's say one, two, three, and four, and five on the list, and you go to number twenty, and then you move back to, to five. Or, right, or yeah, yeah. within the list, you've not made the list, but you're jumping around, and you're you're getting excited about different things all the time, you know. And in this world that we live in right now, there's so many things you can do, and that's the mistake. You've got a limit. In order to be great, greatness, that's an overused word, perhaps a word we shouldn't use, but to be really skilled like a craftsman of, of, of great, you know, he's done his, his training, he's, he's developed his skill, and then he's putting in bits on, on to, to, to what he's learned, you know, and, and bringing about this unique thing, whatever it might be. It's, there's a there's a, a huge focus on this one thing, and it's very difficult um, in our society. And you don't see it very often where people are really focused. But when you get that focus, and just being aware of the fact that you really do need to hone in on on what you're doing to to get the best from it. And we all have skills and talents, and we really do. So the five twenty five rule, it's a good one, and it's um, a fellow called Buffett. Buffett, um, I don't know if it's Bill, William Buffett. He's very, very uh, famous. People will know, know him um, out there, I'm sure. It's not Jordan Belfort. No, it's Buffett. B-U-F-F-E-T. He, he's... Um, so he's not a Wolf of Wall Street guy. He's, <laughs> he's got lots of money. <laughs> he's not a Wolf. This guy's a... I don't think he's a wolf. Maybe he is. No, I, I think this guy... He. I recall a story about him. He wouldn't give his son, you know, despite him being a billionaire... He wouldn't give him son. I'm sure his son benefited from the fact that he was a billionaire, you know. But he said, go and make it yourself, that kind of, you know, because there's no point. If you give someone, and a lot of people have that idea, that's a separate thing, really, but you give you, you build up um, a fortune and you pass it on to the next in kin. That's actually not a great thing to do. You spoil your children, a terrible thing. I've seen that happen. You wrap them in cotton, well, whatever. It's, it's an awful thing. You know, let them, let them, Make you know, make it on their own and and get bruised and battered and and come through it and and become their own person. And uh, he he didn't give, despite being a billionaire, he could have made it easy, you know. But he said no, you and he he did the same thing. I think he's a millionaire as well. And that, by the way, I'm not saying becoming extremely rich is a great uh, thing to want to do. Um, but this guy is a success. In other ways, for example, he had a pilot, uh, Buffett, has this pilot for 10 years. He's not really spoken to, to the pilot. He speaks to him. This is a true story now. Yeah. Speaks to the pilot. Oh, you, I didn't, you've been my pilot for the last 10 years. I, and I, there's, you do, there's something I'm doing wrong or, or you're doing wrong for you to still be my pilot after 10 years. The fact that you've not moved on to other challenges and other things, yeah. you know. Um, interesting, very interesting. But... 
After all that I've said, all I, all I, all I emphasize on, which I'm sure you've garnered from the point, is, is that to really achieve success on a, on a level that, that's outstanding, it means a lot of focus. And it can be um, difficult, but the focus, it's so important. And with the running, it's the same thing. You've got to be really disciplined, focused, and it's got to be, it's got to be in that top, top, top list, top yeah, thing yeah. to do. You know, it's on yeah. your, and it's it's right up for you. It's number one, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And your business, yeah. you know, the, yeah. these are your top five. You yeah, know, yeah. and 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 uh, yeah, that's just a, a yeah, thought. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. think that's that's a nice philosophy to. Uh, oh to leave the podcast yeah, with there. but um, before we do go, John, Joe, sorry, go on. Yeah. I uh, I hear you want to play us a song. Oh God, I have to. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'd love to play your song. Can I get my guitar yeah. in the other room? Yeah. Even though I'm a bit choky here, bit choky. Okay, I'll try. We'll see how it goes. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Well, it's been a great show. Really enjoyed the podcast, Matthew. I've got my guitar here. I'll play a little tune. This is O'Carroll by Neil Sedaka. And O'Carroll. I have been a fool Cause darling I love you Oh you treat me cruel You hurt me And you make me cry But if you leave me I will surely die Cause darling I will never be another And don't ever leave me Say you'll never go home I will always want you for my sweetheart No matter what you do And oh, Carol 